There was a time when I was so brokenhearted. Love wasn't much of a friend of mine, but you know who are my friends? My buddies on Backtracks, Aerosmith Revisited. Of course, my name is Corey Morissette, joined, as always, by the Evervescent Scott Haskins. Scott, how's it going? Doing great. How are you? I- I'm doing fantastic. And, of course, we're always we're also joined by the one and only, you know him, you love him, John Mariano. John, it's been a while. How you doing, my friend? I used to be. And always here. And now I'm like, just like the also ran. Well, no, I, I gave you the position of honor uh, as third uh, in the running order. Scott opened for you, technically. Okay, I hate to break it to you. And Scott, you can back me up or not here. But a third wheel is kind of a negative connotation, isn't it? Not in a I, I kind of felt like I was the crowd warmer for the headliner. I I, I, I mean, I appreciate I appreciate your point of view, Scott. But I, I felt like you were the... Um, replacement wife and i was the ex <laughs> I'm, I'm the side thing you, uh, you're I, no longer the side thing you're the you, you're the full-on replacement and, and like i'm out is, you can is still one, come over is 1-800-Flowers still a thing i think i gotta send john some flowers now <laughs> Corey walked me out of the studio and carried me as if i were dino flintstone and shut the door behind me <laughs> i love dino <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. I thought I was doing something nice. Naturally, John flipped that around and kicked me in the nuts with it because that's what he does. God bless you, Johnny. It's well, a shtick. How, how I don't have a shtick. I just think that Corey hates me. It's fine. Um, how are you? How are you, Scott? It's, it's good to that's see you again. That's why he does two shows with you, and and you're sometimes on his other show. He 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 pays me well. There you go. <laughs> I'm doing great, man. How are you? I'm I'm, I'm all right. I. Uh, I am currently taking a COVID test to make sure that this is just allergies affecting my sinuses and not a virus. I hope you are okay. We 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 will find out soon. We have we have um, I'll put a timer on this. We have six minutes till I know for sure I am virus free. This is my second test in two days. Ooh, I'm I'm glad this is a remote podcast. So place your bets. Is Johnny positive or negative? <laughs> I, I'm going to say if you got six minutes to go, that you're negative. Because I know when I uh, did my test and it was positive, that second line popped up awfully quick. So I think you're in the clear. I'm going to go with negative. I'm also going with negative, but I'm just going based on my Twitter feed. <laughs> okay. And on that note, let's mention our sponsor, shall we? Because I usually forget to do that after a couple of weeks of not recording. But not tonight. John promised he was going to read the copy, but I'm not even going to ask him. So I'm just going to do it. Pop Rock and Radio. This is Ken Napsock's Pop Rock and Radio, the big hits. Album cuts and B-sides from the rock and pop world that make up the soundtracks of our lives. Look for live shows and make requests. Sing, dance, and celebrate the music with the pop, rock, and radio community. And John, even though we're recording this well into the future, you were just telling me off air, uh, you might be meeting up with Ken Napsock in uh, New York City sometime soon. Yeah, so, so so at this point, it will be in the past, but I will be meeting Corey. Uh, oh, I won't be meeting Corey anytime soon no. because, no, you don't come to They won't let me in America anymore. Yeah, but I, I, I'll be I'll be meeting Ken Ken meeting up with Ken next week. He has a comedy show in the city. Um, but I want to play a game with with everybody. If you guys could download the Mixcloud app and listen to Ken's pop rock and radio. Last week, I re- I requested a song by Lisa Loeb, and it was an Ozzy Osbourne cover. 
And I would like somebody who listens to this show to go on a scavenger hunt and tweet at us what song that was. And you could probably do it because you're probably looking at like what song Lisa Loeb covered, but it'd be a lot cooler if you go seek it out and see if you can go find the hidden song on Ken's uh, Pop Rock and Radio. And then you can see how long it takes to record these things. <laughs> I think that's a great idea, John. Then everyone can uh, experience the glory and wonder that is uh, Pop Rock and Radio, and especially being uh, on there while he's uh, doing the show live. Uh, I'm I'm really looking forward to get back in the swing of that. Uh, Scott, do you have anything uh, going on in your uh, podcasting world you want to talk about? Oh yeah, uh, you know I've I've got my show, the Haskin Cast podcast, goes every Wednesday at 1 a.m. Uh, Pacific time and uh, 9 a.m. if you folks are in England, and uh, it's just a, a new show every week. And I'm doing album reviews pretty much every week right now, and then sometimes on Saturdays I'm doing uh, artist interviews. That all sounds fantastic. And right now, as we're recording this, uh, Aerosmith is in Las Vegas uh, doing a residency. Scott, I'm sure you've gone to see them four or five times by now. Uh, how, how have the shows been? Not yet. I had been working on a project that I just finished this weekend that has kept me out of the rest of the world. But uh, there's there's a chance I might go see them here pretty soon. That'd be awesome. We expect a, a full uh, show report from you on that one. Set list, uh, reviews, that whole nine yards. A couple of interviews. I know John is hoping you could maybe get, yeah, John wants you to get hold of uh, Liv Tyler uh, if you could. Just yeah. get, get, if you could give her like my Bumble address. So, however that works. <laughs> What's a Bumble? It's a, it's, a, it's a dating app, Corey. It's a, it's a, where, where, where the ladies talk first. So she could hop on and talk, you know, Empire Records, Lord of the Rings. I'm good with either or. And, and, and we could just catch up. It'd be nice. Would you like it if she spoke to you in Elvish? No, nah, I'm not, I'm 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 not that kind of guy. Like I I would be fine if she wore the miniskirt from Empire Records, though. Oh, there you go. Because I used to play uh, Dungeons and Dragons with John. I know what his character was, and he's kind of a Lothario. And uh, <laughs> I, I just imagine Lunk uh, speaking to Liv Tyler as she spoke Elvish to him. Well, that's kind of why I thought it would be something that would interest him because he's he's you know a, a game player. I thought that might be kind of cool. <laughs> I, I was I, I I was a slacker elf ranger. In the mold of a Seth Rogen character, Scott. Nice. It was hilarious. Yeah, it was fantastic. Um, All right, but I, what do you say, boys? Uh, sorry, John, I didn't. No, no, that. no. I was going to go more down the uh, Dungeons and Dragons rabbit hole, but it's not that podcast. You are right. We should talk about some dice and some songs. You know what I was thinking we could do before that, if you guys mm -hmm. don't mind? We should talk about the Deep Dive Podcast Network. Ooh. Oh, that's a great idea, Scott. That's Why don't you go idea. ahead and... Uh, and let the listeners know all about the Deep Dive Podcast Network. And I didn't mention this last time, but you can go to Twitter and put in hashtag, hashtag Deep Dive Podcast Network and get into that, you know, what's going on with everybody, all their posts. If we remember to tag that hashtag, which sometimes we do. <laughs> There's so many bands in it, I actually can't fit it in there anymore when I do my Friday post. Uh, but we've got some great ones. We've got T-Bone's Prime Cuts on the other side, which is artist interviews. We've got the Deep Purple podcast, Skinnered Reconsidered, Sabbath Bloody podcast, the In the Lap of the Pods, Hawk Binge, Maiden A to Z, Diary of the Mad Men, the 
ultimate Aussie podcast, Uriah Heap, the Magicians podcast, that host you might know. We have, universally speaking, the Red Hot Chili Peppers podcast, the Metal Gods podcast, and the podcast will rock with our own Corey. And then Backtracks Aerosmith Revisited that you're listening to right now. And John and Corey also host Backtracks theme music, which I have been delighted to be a guest on a couple times. We have the North by South song comparison podcast through between Canada and the United States. And we have so far, so pod, so what? And then the Tom Petty project, lots of podcasts for whatever the hell you listen to musically. That's right. And, uh, uh, we, I've had, I've been talking with a couple of other uh, like-minded podcasts, and I'm kind of like, I bet you these guys might fit in on the Deep Dive Podcasting Network. One is a, a, da- a David Lee Roth uh, podcast. They were just guests on, and the podcast will walk. And I thought, geez, that might yeah. work. And uh, uh, somebody from a Black Crows podcast reached out to me. So, who knows? Hopefully, we can get that roster expanding here someday soon. And that was a great episode of And the Podcast Will Rock, which, as we're recording, it came out last week. Uh, and I, w- I was going to ask you actually about that if you thought they would be a good fit for uh, for the network. So, I absolutely do. Uh, they've been around for uh, they just dropped their seventy second show talking all things uh, Diamond Dave, uh, yep. and uh, yeah, it's uh, go check out their show, uh, the DLR cast. Uh, they do a fantastic job, and I absolutely uh, think they would be a a, a tremendous fit uh, with the Deep Dive Podcasting Network. So, uh, Scott, you're uh, what vice president uh, of the network? Maybe you <laughs> could uh, get on that, get the membership enrollment thing happening. I think I'm the the jester. but as john alluded to we're here to listen to some aerosmith so uh john you look confuzzled did you want to say something first yeah no i i I don't view scott as a jester at all unless that jester's the joker because you're i I look i look at you as our fearless leader to a degree at least here at least here like (laughs) thank you you you, you know like Corey and i are what we what you would call joiners Right. Like, so like you are making us part of a greater community and that's on you, man. And I appreciate it. I also, I I also want to let you know, six minutes has passed and I am like, you can't see it, but I am am negative. I am COVID free fellas. Awesome. I'll let live know shitty allergies so you can like live no she can come around me i may be snotting a little bit but it's just it's just allergies it's fine ignore it i'm very happy to hear that that's great news yeah great news johnny and yes thank you scott our ship has been rudderless for quite a while uh th- thank you for coming <laughs> aboard and steering us in the right direction except for this show peacemaker yeah, yeah. Right. this episode i've been trying to steer it back to aerosmith and announcing the songs and somebody else kind of takes it off in a different direction so uh, what do you say? Let's go over what's on the dice for this week. John, you cool with that? I was cool with it before Scott interrupted with all his great stuff that he just showed. <laughs> well, no, that he's supposed to do that. He did. That was my fault for forgetting all about it again, which is I, I'm prone to do that on every show. I was trying to defend my, my old husband, but I see how it is now. <laughs> Anywho, the songs on the dice for tonight are Sheila, You See Me Crying. Kings and Queens live from Classics Live 1, Pink, Lord of the Thighs from Live Bootleg, and I'm Down from Permanent Vacation. Scott, if what are you hoping we roll here tonight? I'm kind of feeling like a live song tonight. You know, nice. Aerosmith playing here in Vegas, like 15 minutes away from where I live. I, I'm kind of feeling for something live. There you go. So that's Kings and Queens or Lord of the Thighs. John, what do you think? 
I'm good with I'm I'm good with Lord of the Thighs or Pink, and I'm not going to give you reasons why. You don't need to. I I, I can tell your reasons just from the songs you picked. Uh, I'm down. Maybe fits there too. Uh, whereas me, uh, I'm going to go maybe for something like You See Me Crying off Toys in the Attic. Mm -hmm. Kind of in the mood for a classic track here tonight. So what do you say? Let's get this sucker rolling. And we are going to come up with Lord of the Thighs from Live Bootleg. There you go. We got a live track. We got Johnny's Horny track. Uh, Scott, uh, why are we in the mood for this one here tonight? Well, like I said, you know, Aerosmith's playing just down the street, and I, I'm definitely feeling something live. I've never heard a live version of this song, so I'm I'm curious to hear it. Awesome. John, I know you're excited about this one. I, I'm I'm pumped. And this is our first repeat, I believe. That's right. Yep. Um, you know, you know, this was our first episode, wasn't it? It was our first, yeah. Episode number one. So here we are in episode 42. And uh our first repeat yeah you're right i know it stayed on the dice for quite a while so so i mean i mean we're we're, we're back again and I, I love this track um i think i love it more live but we're gonna find out soon I tell you, yeah i know it's uh especially joey kramer has come out and said uh it's his favorite song to perform live uh mm -hmm. lord of the thighs from 1974's get your wings uh it, it's a live staple to this day uh, still doing it in, in Vegas, as far as I know. So what do you say? Uh, seven minutes and 18 seconds. It's an extended version. Uh, let's get into Lord of the Thighs from Live Bootleg. Boy, we just bang right into it. It almost gave me a heart attack there. If, if, if we're going to stop it this often, Corey, this is going to be a 12-hour episode for Scott. I'm stopping it every five seconds. And we're five seconds in. No, just because uh, in the uh, sequence on Live Bootleg, we go uh, back in the saddle and then Sweet Emotion and then bang right into Lord of the Thoughts. Before we get too deep, uh, Scott, I wanted to ask you about that that kind of funky drum beat that Joey Kramer's got going on there. Yeah, uh, I was I was gonna say too. I love that bass drum sound. That's that's really just like the perfect amount of punch for me. Uh, it's a really interesting beat because it's a straight four four. You know, very common time song, but that last snare is delayed, and so it kind of gives you the feel that it's not a straight four four beat. And I love when drummers do something like that. It makes it interesting. But if he did it through the whole song, it would be obnoxious. So I like that he just did it a little bit. He might return to that at some point. But uh, I, I like the variety of it. It keeps things interesting. If everything was just a straight beat, who would care what the drummer was doing? Yep. And some pretty good guitars too, right, John? That's Brad Whitford uh, doing the lead on this one. Yeah, no, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a driving guitar. It's one of the reasons why I love this song. I, you know, spoke a lot about when we first listened to this um in the production studio but I, live i think 
really does it justice. And Brad, Brad Whitford really gets to show his stuff on this song. I can't remember the uh, original song off the top of my head that well, because I've only heard it a couple of times, but the bass was not this dominant in the studio version, was it? Uh, I don't think so. Actually, on uh, Get Your Wings, I don't think the bass is really that dominant. No, no, they put they push on the studio recording. They push the bass way back. One mm. of the reasons why I like the um the live cuts so much is it's it's uh, to me more pure where where we're hearing more of the instruments because we're not pushing stuff to the back or pulling stuff forward. We're just hearing them play. Yeah, it's not it's not a bad mix. I think maybe just slightly less bass just to balance it out with the guitars a little bit. But like I I like the bass and drum level. But the bass is just overpowering the guitars, so maybe actually maybe just a little bit more guitar in the mix would be nice. But it's it's got a good feel to it overall. And uh, considering like uh, they recorded this album to be uh, like a bootleg, uh, they didn't mm -hmm. want it to be uh, perfect production on this one. Uh, so you know th this one is you know they wanted to do uh, a couple of the tracks they didn't say which were recorded off air on a cassette with all the hiss and everything on it, and then they left it in because it it felt more real that way. Ah, oh, it's neat. I, I want to try to sway Scott's opinion a little bit. Okay. I, I want you, I want you to time travel with me to to the late nineties, and let's say you're driving I don't know like an eighty seven Monte Carlo or something, right? And you get a brand new subwoofer and you put it in your truck. Okay. Does the bass okay. still bother you, or do you enjoy driving rolling? I want I don't want to say driving like rolling past your neighbors rocking their homes with the bass from the song yeah i was never a guy that did that i like if i'm out on the highway i'll blast the stereo but when i'm in a neighborhood i always turn it down um i'm just like ridiculously self-conscious that way but i would say on the open highway yeah i would be this would be my trunk lid would be coming off so 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 what you're saying is you're, you're very polite and you don't like to disturb your neighbors yes he's Fair practically enough. canadian yeah <laughs> So lyrically, the, this song is a, a little darker uh, than you would come to expect with tongue-in-cheek lyrics and double entendres and things. 
the story behind Lord of the Thighs, if you don't know, uh, Scott, it was the last song written for the Get Your Wings album. The band needed one more song for the album, so they locked themselves in Studio C at the record plant in New York City and came up with this song based on the unsavory characters near their hotel on 8th Avenue. Hmm. That's so, a good story. Uh, I like that. A little darker tone than you get kind of from a Steven Tyler lyrics, uh, especially when uh, this is the subject matter. Usually he's a little more, uh, a little more fun. And I have to say, I really liked the dynamic range he was using during that last section. I feel like he wasn't really pushing his voice too hard because he didn't have that like real bottom of the soul growlish feel to him. I like that he that he kind of dialed it back and didn't need to force it because it feels very relaxed and comfortable. But at the same time, his dynamic range was really broad during that. I like it. Oh, yeah. He's killing on this one now, John. Uh... I think we may have talked about this on, on episode one. We'll bring it up here again and get Scott's opinion. But both Joey Kramer and Steven Tyler claim to be the Lord of the Thighs. Uh, who do you think actually is the Lord of the Thighs between those two? Is it Joey or is it Steven? So so you've excluded me from this equation. Uh, apparently, yeah. The, uh, I, have, I have to pick Steven or Joey. I can't pick, like, Ryan Reynolds. No, we'll, we'll say Lord of the Thighs within Aerosmith. How about that? Uh, okay, that's fair. That's fair. Um, look, I, I'm a drummer guy. I, I, I probably said Steven Tyler on the first episode, but, you know, we're 42 episodes in now, and I have a deep appreciation for what Joey Kramer brings to the table with this band. And I I, I got to say, I think, I think he was um, crushing it with the ladies at this point. Well, I, I won't disagree, but uh, Scott, when it comes down to the drummer of a popular band in the 70s or the lead singer, Sexpot, who do you think was getting more uh, Lord of the Thighs action? It's it's uh, it's tough because I'm a drummer. So, you know, like you said, John, it's it's like, how do you not go with the drummer? I mean, we, we got the bass drum. We've got that pop and snare. You'd figure that people would be drawn to that. But so many, they just can't see past the singer. And so I, as much as I hate to say it, I would say Steven Tyler. I, I, I think that's probably so, not not what I want it to be, but more accurate. So so I base a lot of my opinions on movies, as you might know. And and I would like to try to sway you again, Scott. But this time, <laughs> I'm not going to give you a 1987 Monte Carlo analogy. Instead, have you ever seen the film Airheads? I have. Are you aware that in Airheads, a very young Adam Sandler plays their, the, the Lone Ranger's Lord of the Thighs in that he's the ladies' man in that band? A band, I will remind you, with a peak Brendan Fraser as as the, the lead singer. I... I will accept that, and I'll I'll even take your argument a step further and take you back to a movie called Tough Turf, which was one of James Spader's earlier movies. And if you think about uh, the drummer in that band who went on to be uh, what's his superhero character in in Marvel? Um, uh, he's got his own movies now too. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. Um, oh, Robert Downey Jr. is Iron Man. Iron yeah, Man, that's right. Yeah, well, he was yeah. the drummer in the band in Tough Turf, oh. and he was the one that that got the chick. I mean, so we, so, so we have Adam Sandler. We have, we, we have Robert Downey Jr., Scott Haskin. I was going to say Tommy Lee, but yeah, okay. Tom, 
Tommy Lee fourth. Tommy Tommy Lee and Joey Kramer. I mean, I I think I think we have we have a consensus. I'm convinced. All right, me. you've convinced me. I'm going to go with Joey. I I'm I'm on board, John. You convinced me too. Stevens, all talk. Joey Kramer is the Lord of the Thighs. There you go. Another sound in there, and I can't quite make out what that is. I don't think it's Steven Tyler's voice. It's it sounds almost mechanical. Is that another guitar, maybe? Well, Joe is usually on this song playing a little slide while Brad's kind of doing the lead. Hmm. It was it was just like inflections of something. It wasn't it wasn't a rhythm or a melody. It was just little touches here and there. That was interesting, though. I, I like that. It was a nice addition. I just don't know what it was. Well, Steven's usually in the background playing a sousaphone, so it could have been that. Mm. People always forget the sousaphone. Beautiful instrument. No, I'm not sure, because this wasn't really recorded to be nice and clean sounding. It's, it's, it's kind of hard to tell all the time, right? Uh, all mm. I was picking out was that tremendous ride cymbal from Joey Kramer and the nice yeah. little rolls he was putting in. Uh, yeah. that, that ride cymbal comes through nice and clean. That, along with the driving bass, is really making this version work for me. So so now now are we much better with the bass? Like I know you were just saying you were, but now, now that we're getting like this this killer rolling bass line, how, how are we feeling about this now? It it works great with the guitar solo. I think it's more when I'm hearing the rhythm guitar that 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 it blends in a little bit raw. But that was also before I understood the the precedent of the point of this album, which was to be you know not necessarily perfectly mixed and and that. Um, now that I know that, I, I'm more comfortable with it. But I think the bass was great because there was no real rhythm guitar during the solo, so it's carrying it really well. Yeah, Tom Hamilton's really shining in this section for me. He's driving that song just perfect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you. 
You got to get some Stephen Maracas in there during an extended jam uh, part of a song, right? Yeah, I mean, if if I think you know Joey Kramer, now that he's the uh, Lord of the Thighs, is really kind of trying to show up everybody else by some really nice fills in that section. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I like that he kind of came unhinged, but was just flawless during that. And then, of course, Stephen's not going to let that happen. You know, he's got to <laughs> he's got to try and take back some of what's his. Well, yeah, remember, I'm still here. I'm the front man. Look at me go. Yep. But I, I love the work that, you know, especially Joe's kind of doing their little bit of slide, just kind of, and uh, and Brad uh, kind of mimicking the 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 bass on there, right? But throwing a little flourish here and there, just a little bit of a, to, to let, you know, just kind of accentuate that last uh, last note I thought was really great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought they were going to do kind of a, a guitar and vocal battle. I was hoping for that, but uh, I don't think we're going to get that. Uh, nope. Well, we got a minute 56. Who knows? <laughs> I, I actually just really like that we're getting a jam session. Like to me, this is why I wanted to do some of the live stuff and really get into some of the live stuff is the jam stuff that we're getting mm-hmm. is, you know, you know, this is almost like sitting in on a session with them and they just start like fucking around and we get to sit here and be part of that audience. I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, Definitely. 100% agree. And that's why when you said we should do one side of the mixtape as live cuts, I was like all over it because they're a live band. They're a jam band in a lot of ways. That's how they got their start. It was Joe Perry's jam band with him and Tom Hamilton in, in Massachusetts. So uh, I, I love it when the five of them just get together and play. And this is the magic that that happens. This is really cool. They're they're doing a bit of a throwback to that part we talked about in the intro where it, it kind of felt like it was throwing the beat off. They're not doing it the same way because we're not losing that snare beat, but they're just kind of like they're hitting and holding and instead of just hitting like dun, 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 it's like dun, 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 and that just changes the feel of the whole song, but it's a great build here.
All right. Lord of the Thighs from Live Bootleg. Scott, final thoughts. Yeah, that was a great jam. I mean, it's it's such a great riff and bass line. That's the kind of thing you could do, you know, in the 70s, you could have done a 20-minute jam to that, and people would be drunk or high enough to pay attention. It's it's a great, great live track right there. John, if you'll remember, uh, when we were discussing taking this off the mixtape, it was because we knew this version was out there. And we just kind of said, wait until we bring it back, uh, a live cut of this song. Well, because my argument was like I knew I knew that I wanted this on the mixtape, um, so like a hundred percent, I want this on the mixtape, and I, I will um, physically fight you two if you want to try to get it taken off. Understood. Well, currently we only have three other live tracks on the live side, so it's on there for sure for now. I, I have rethought this whole physically fighting you guys. I know it's been about ten minutes since I made that decision, <laughs> but ten seconds, you mean? But but Scott. Scott's Scott's a known drummer, and and if I've learned anything in my life, um, on two instances, it's not to mess with a drummer. So I I will fight Corey twice. To if if Scott wants to take this off, I will fight Corey. If Corey wants to take this off, I will fight Corey. I will not fight Scott on any platform. I think I I think we could do this even remote if we had like a a digital rock'em sock'em robots and we could fight that way and then you know cuz the distance doesn't really allow us to fight so I think if we did like a rock'em sock'em robot kind of thing when it really comes down to a you know a a, a brawl over one of these songs we 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 could have an out right there We we could we could but I I like physical altercations Scott <laughs> and I don't blame you. I wouldn't want to mess with Scott either. Not only is he a drummer, he's from Michigan. Uh, you don't oh, want to mess with people man. from Michigan. Yeah, but you don't want to mess with anybody from New York either. So, well, technically, John's from Long Island. So, you know, that's true. If it were Brooklyn, yeah, maybe. And nobody knows about Saskatchewan. We don't know what the no. fighting's like up there. <laughs> you guys it, get no press whatsoever. It's true. We get no press, but we do know how to fight. A lot of drunken cowboys at two in the morning. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. It could get ugly, but I still wouldn't want to mess with Scott or John. I'm a lover, not a fighter. We're, we're Canadians. We're nice. You know, we, we love thy neighbor or at least tolerate thy neighbor uh, in some cases. So uh, if you want to beat me up, John, you go right ahead. I'm sure I, I've deserved it for something I've done. I'm sure you have to. Perfect. So we're all in agreement then. Lord of the Thighs, absolutely going on the mixtape on the live side. It joins Sweet Emotion from A Little South of Sanity, Mother Popcorn from Live Bootleg, What It Takes from A Little South of Sanity, and now Lord of the Thighs from Live Bootleg, which means, boys, we need to replace it on the mixtape. John, do you remember who put this on there? I do. Okay. I do. You don't? You don't? I I don't remember what I did yesterday. I can't even imagine who put this on the dice. It was me. Oh, perfect. That means you get to replace it with something. It could be live. It could be a deep cut. It could be a big hit. John Mariano, what you thinking? Thanks for reminding me of the format of the show, Corey. Well, you know, you're getting up there in age. So um, I'm going to start crowding the house a little bit with the classic live stuff. We have a classic live one track on there with, with, with Kings and Queens. That's true. And I would like to honor my favorite podcast partner by putting okay. one of his two favorite albums, title tracks, as um, 
decide of the day. And I'm going with Classics Live's 2 version of Toys in the Attic. When you said nice. favorite uh, podcast partner, I started typing Toys in the Attic. Because <laughs> I, I know that's one of Scott's favorites. It, it's funny though. I, I thought it was going to be permanent vacation, but but that works too. They don't. Uh, they haven't released a, a live version of Permanent Vacation that I know of. Oh, they're missing out. That's a great song. It really is, but they they didn't play it much after the to- uh, the Permanent Vacation tour in '87. So, I would have to think that would translate really well to the stage. Yeah, except maybe the steel drum part. Mm. Then you have to travel with the steel drum guy. Hey, keyboard guy can cover that. Sure, why not? He's singing backup. He's playing keyboards. You know, he's got two hands. Sure. Why not? All right. So let's recap the dice for you now. We got uh, Sheila from Done With Mirrors. You See Me Crying from Toys in the Attic. Kings and Queens from Classics Live 1. Pink uh, from Nine Lives. I'm Down from Permanent Vacation. And Toys in the Attic from Classics Live 2. Uh, Gentlemen, uh, anything else you'd like to uh, plug uh, before we wrap it up here tonight? No, Corey. We we don't have anything we'd like to plug. We don't? Um, no, I mean, I, 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 I could plug um, Backdraft's theme music. That's a show we do. It is. But I, feel like, I feel like Scott did that at the top of the show when he plugged the entire Deep Dive network that we are happy and proud to be family members of. And I, I think that you plugged Ken Knapsack's Pop Rock and Radio at the top of the show. So, I mean... Scott, do you have anything left to plug? I don't. I don't even know when we are. Um, no, I think I. I think we covered it all at the top. I. I just want to say I think this was a great live song. I'm really glad it came up. Uh, great track. Uh, it's nice to see Aerosmith just jam. I'm so used to because I haven't heard much of them live. I'm so used to just the structure of their studio work that it's nice to hear him just kind of freeform a little bit. Uh, it's true, especially around this time. I think if you go see them now, uh, Scott, you're going to see a, a pretty rehearsed kind of structured show. I don't; they don't swing a lot yeah. of songs in and out. They don't really do the big jams. They're they're, they're kind of playing the same beats. They only do 17 songs now uh, in mm-hmm. concert, and as far as I can tell, so far as part of the Vegas residency, they're not doing uh, Lord of the Thighs. Uh, unfortunately, still some great tracks they're doing. They, they do they do Seasons of Wither, which is kind of a deeper mm-hmm. cut lately for them uh, live and remember walking in the sand uh, the Shangri-Las cover they did on their very first greatest hits album which is kind of a weird one that, that they broke up that's kind of cool uh, I'd be hoping that they swing some more songs in and out especially during a residency where mm-hmm. people might be going for multiple shows you don't want to see the same show over and over and over again um, so hopefully uh, the night you go check them out or multiple nights because you live in Vegas so they're like across the street from here aren't they so you yeah, just head down there about 15 minutes down the road yeah there you go. Check out multiple shows. Uh, get uh, John that date with Liv. Scott, Scott, don't let Corey spend your money for you. Like, if you want to go to one show, you go to one show. That is your prerogative. <laughs> don't like Corey spends everybody's money for them. He was just before the show trying to get me to spend like seven hundred dollars on, on a New York City hotel, and you know th- this is what Corey does because it's not his money; it's ours. I think the yeah. fact that you gave in is what baffled me. <laughs> you know, I'm just- I'm trying to live vicariously through you two. I live in Saskatchewan. Nothing ever happens here, ever. Uh, th- this is the place where you can watch your dog run away for days and days and days because there's just nothing. It's just flat, boring bullshit. 
you live in you know New York, you live in Las Vegas, the two most exciting places in North America. It's true. How slow are these dogs that you can watch them run away for that long? It's just it's so flat that they take off and, and you can see them two days later, you know, wow. hundred miles away. Yeah. So so you don't well, actually go after the dog, you just watch it like run? We just let them go. Yep. If it was meant to be, they would come back. It, it, it's our way, John. Scott, I don't get this culture. Do you? I I've never lived in the country. I've always lived in the city. So I even in Colorado. So I I don't know that I could understand that. But I, I mean, yeah. Hopefully, the dog would come back. Maybe yeah, bring after experiencing gift. after experiencing a Canadian winter, uh, they come back pretty fast. Yeah. That's that's got to be it. It's got. I mean, you know, we we hit seventy and we're freezing here because our bodies are acclimated to one hundred and fifteen. Uh, when I lived in Colorado or, or even in Detroit, um, we were we were acclimated to much colder temperatures. So I can't imagine what you're acclimated to, Corey. But uh, I'm sure that it still sucks when it's December. Well, let me put it this way: the last time I went to Las Vegas, uh, the temperature was in the seventies, and my wife and I were in shorts in t-shirts and we mm -hmm. went and did the gondola ride at the venetian and the poor person there had a massive parka on had like a you know that the ear warmer thing around their neck and, and they just kind of look at us shocked and they say you must come from someplace cold mm -hmm. like well actually yes we do this is you know in celsius this is like 15 degrees this is perfect walking around weather we yeah. get to minus 40 minus 50 with the wind chill like insanely cold temperatures where your skin instantly freezes the minute you walk outside so yeah, uh, you know, uh, seventy, we're 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 cool with that. Yeah, if if it got that cold here, the only people you would see here would be people that came from somewhere else because we would not we would not leave the house. We would have everything delivered. It would be like uh, like the ice age for us. And all the Canadians would be walking up and down the strip, going, "Where's everybody? Where's <laughs> right. Carrot Top? There's there's no hookers even. Yeah, what the hell? Can't have that." And that's what I was recommending John spend his money on. So at least I'm I'm, I'm concerned about his uh, his sexual well being. You probably do good here with seven hundred bucks. Hey, there you go. He's contemplating. <laughs> I can tell. <laughs> I, I I actually am. I'm 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 thinking that I have this negative COVID test in my hand, and seven hundred dollars in my pocket could go a long way in Vegas. Very true. You might want to take another COVID test when you get back, but. In the meantime, you're okay. Amongst other tests. And on that note, <laughs> yeah. we are going to wrap it up. So on behalf of my all-time favorite human being, John Mariano, and that guy, Scott, my name is Corey Morissette. Thank you very much for joining us this week. And as always, we will give the last word to Steven Tyler. Steven Tyler.